pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I am your host, David Tyree. We are live at Tyree's Table Grand Reopening Series. We got some amazing guests that's been checking in with us. And I actually have a young lady here that you will be blessed by her intellect as well as her beauty. But she has a dynamic story. Oh, Amanda Nadia, how you doing? I'm doing great. How now, are you? I said I was going to go at the last name, right? <laughs> and, I, and I already forgot it already. Say it how you spell it. Abdul say it. Hey. Abdul say it. Amanda say it. You did it. You know, I, I love getting people's names, but um, you did awesome. Now we know each other. We've been, I, we've, I've been in the Morristown community, and you were one of my. I feel like when we, you know, it was our previous concept. You were one of those early shining lights in the middle of crazy COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of came into Marstown together, though. So it was that kind of early boots on the ground for you in, in yeah, this community? Yeah, I had just moved into Marstown, and I think you guys were just starting to open up your location. Yep. And so we were kind of like new in the neighborhood. Yeah. Together, so it was awesome. It's fantastic. So, all right, so I know you're not huge, huge into sports. We probably had some conversations, but tell me if or when. The first time you ever saw the helmet catch, what were your thoughts, what were your memories, anything there? Okay, so I am not a big sports I'm not, person, I'm not. but I actually did watch that Super Bowl. You watched it, okay. I did, and I re actually remember that moment, even before we met, because it was such a miraculous like moment in sports history <laughs> and in time. Like Nobody could believe it. So even on non-sports fan like yeah. it left such an impression on me because I was like there's no way the act of God was <laughs> in that moment because you it know was it. like defied all odds and it was just like we all witnessed a miracle on screen. So. That's pretty cool. Now now I know you're not like directly into sports. Have you ever had any association with sports? Is there every any, any athlete that inspired you? Because you're you're a driven young lady. Like you have the mindset of a high performer, and a lot of that gets metaphored, you know, through through a lot of athletic accomplishments. Any anything physical? I just have an appreciation for people that operate at the highest level. Mm -hmm. So whether it's sports or business or faith or people that are doing whatever it is that they're doing in yep. excellence. So although I'm not like a avid sports fan, I have an appreciation for it. Um, but you never did. Well, okay, so what were your interests as a young lady growing up? So when I was growing up, I was I was a, like an, more of an arts person, okay. but I was a little bit of a rebel. So I kind of went against what the system. What kind of rebel you had? What kind of rebel? <laughs> The, are, are we looking at a little, you know, so I know you can't, ju you know, judge a tree, but, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, give me, give, what was Rebel like for you, man? Because I could tell you what a Rebel looked like for me. Okay, I was out I here. Mean, you're Rebel and my Rebel. Okay, all right, all right, right. just but, to be clear. <laughs> you know, I was just going against the system. I was going kind of against what the rest of the kids in school were doing. I was never really a school person. Okay. Um... I mean, I did well in my early years, but sure. as I got older, I just, um, 
was always in trouble, to be honest with you, <laughs> and was always grounded. So the only thing I could do that my parents would let me do was go to work. <laughs> so I actually got a job at a pizzeria because I could walk there. I was okay. like 15. This is my rebel stage. I At 15, yep. my parents came home and their car was missing because I took it out. Like, at 15 years old, friend. you was joyriding? Yeah. Okay, okay, God, let's go. <laughs> Now what town is what town were you in? I lived in Randolph. But, I'm, uh, I'm surprised, Amanda. You I, took know, the car out of I know. I know. You was out here in these streets a little bit. I was a risk taker. Yeah. Even at age. Oh, I was a risk taker. <laughs> yes. It said I found uh -huh. entrepreneurship. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, and then I was just always grounded. So the only thing my parents would let me do out of the house was work. Yeah. And it was the best thing for me because it really instilled a work ethic in sure. me. And I loved it. And loved it. Uh, whatever I did, I just wanted to do it the best that I could possibly do it. Sure. And uh, the rest is history. Right, so you are a dynamic real estate professional. Thank it was you. very, very, it didn't take, us, take me long to realize, I'm like, this girl about her business. <laughs> this girl about her business. This ain't about the beauty. She out here delivering the contracts. That's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So where does that kind of determination come from, right? So, and I know the real estate world, social media content, there's been so many different dynamics, I feel like, in the last five years that has really created a plunge. How do you differentiate yourself? I think just being authentically who I am. Yeah. Um, I am, I work in excellence. I am authentically me. I'm faith driven and I serve a greater purpose and a greater mission. And, uh huh. Um, God really, I allow him to use me as his best. So, um, real when they, when they so loud, you know, it wasn't my idea to do this podcast here live at a grand opening, but we are doing it live, so it gets a little rowdy. So you, you, you said it, you were, and I think that's actually one of the most central attributes to high-level success. You have a, a purpose beyond, right? You feel like you allow God to use you in the space that you're operating in. Talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, I came into real estate by divine purpose. So I used to be in pharmaceutical advertising. I okay. was in a bad car accident and I couldn't do the commute anymore and God kind of opened my eyes to the realities of the pharmaceutical industry. Talk about the realities of, of, the, of the, push, the push a man. <laughs> yeah, I was a, a, a legal drug dealer, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I was on the patient side for the first time in my life, it was like this moment in me that I was like, I can't be part of this. I'm part of the problem by being in the industry. Man. So I had actually purchased my first property. Alright, so let me ask you this though. It's one thing being a part of the problem. I was you know, I remember, you know, when I was young and this was high school and I was I got I got arrested. My 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 road to Damascus moment was like getting arrested with a pound of purple haze, right? So I've been I was always a bad drug dealer. Were you a good drug dealer? I was a legal drug dealer. I know you was a good I know you were a legal drug dealer, but were you a good legal drug dealer? Well, in pharma <laughs> Opioids and opioid replacement therapies. Yeah. It was good because I, I mean, I worked on those drugs and bringing them to market. Yep. Um, like legal. Legally. But they should have been illegal, really. Sure. And then I also worked on the drugs that when people would get addicted to them, what would happen to their life? So I saw kind of both sides. Sure. And 
then when I was on the patient side of it, I was like, this should not be legal at all. Listen, methadone clinics, we, yeah. we had to deal with that with a mother-in-law. You know, it's just like, um, it's real stuff. It's just, and it's the, the, the level of dependency and, and um, addiction is it's crippling. It's crippling. Uh, so obviously, thank God you had that 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 revelation. Yeah. How, how did real estate, you know, like what about the industry either, you know, drew you in and how has that been fulfilling as you built your business? So after my accident, um, I needed something where I could be flexible because I was going to a lot of doctor appointments. So I had bought my first um, property when I was 21, uh, no, 19. 19? Yeah, from my tips from the restaurant. Remember Rest I told you I was always Rest in trouble? Taker. <laughs> so um, when I was out of work after my accident, I got my real estate license mm -hmm. and I joined a brokerage and they had a competition and they said um, whoever, they had so many new agents, like I don't know, like 50 new agents. Yep. And they said whoever um, has the most sales after six months, we're going to give $10,000. And I was like broke, broke, broke at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like $10,000. Yeah. But I said, Lord, if this is the industry you want me in, I'm going to give this back to you. This is your money. Come on, girl. <laughs> so you said, if you want me here, God, and I win this $10,000, i am going to give it back to you. Yeah. Now that's real. Oh, I got to look these folks in the world. See, that's real thing. See, some of y'all regular folk would just take that, you know, like, you know what? Jesus, here's your thousand, here's my nine thousand. No, but you you said I wanna honor you if, if you would just lead me. Yeah. That was so powerful. Yeah. What do you think spawned that from your heart? The accident was the best blessing that could have happened to me because wow. the Lord needed to strip everything away from me. My car, my job, my uh, <laughs> relationships, my money, my bank account. He took your my man. Health, everything. He took your man. He took everything. <laughs> hey, that's the Jesus I know. Hey, listen, you know, we talk about everything here on the podcast because that's, you know, I think more times than not, so many people have an incomplete view of God that's very self-serving. And Jesus is good at serving himself, and usually it requires for us to be a little less than we think we, we ought to be. Listen, wow. God who gives will take away, so. <laughs> I learned that, and it yeah. was the best thing because I realized I was holding on to pennies when he had so much more than me. Ooh, he has a little mouth for you. Okay, in your journey, what would you say has been your defining moment? The accident was a defining moment okay. because literally everything transformed in that moment. All right, so that all right, give me something else in business and that you felt like was um, really a pivotal place in your real estate business. You appear to be a, a standard amongst your industry. You're building a business yeah. underneath your work ethic and your excellence. Well, I took all of the things that I learned by bringing drugs to launch, uh -huh. drugs to market, and when I shifted from pharma to houses, I said, well, I have all of this experience, I'm just gonna bring houses to market and houses to launch like they did in the corporate world. Nice. And I kind of operate at like a higher standard because I worked in a corporate setting, so yeah. I know. But also like, a home is so much more than just sticks and rocks. Like a yeah. home is like your sanctuary where Come on now. people, you know, create memories and your safety. And it's 
for many people, like they only buy or sell a home one or two or three times in their entire life. So it's one of the biggest transactions it is. that they'll ever come across. So I take what I do like so seriously because I know oh. how much I'm truly impacting people's lives. That's great. And I want to deliver the very best results. And this real estate world is ratchet, okay? Oh, listen. <laughs> I'm not going to lie and say <laughs> everything is nice. There's a lot of bad and corruption that happens in real estate too. Yeah. So I like to be a light in my industry and just show other people how to do things the right right way. Sure. Um, and delivering people real results that could impact them for generations to come. Give me a, uh, a scenario of pure ratchet gross because <laughs> it's everywhere right yeah. like whether it's fraud whether it's um oppressive tactics bully yeah. tactics one thing i'll say like um when you're hiring a real estate agent a lot of real estate agents won't want other to work with other real estate agents because they want to represent the buyer and the and seller the and double up on the commission which in some cases that works for your benefit but in some cases it doesn't because their focus is on their commission instead of getting you the most amount of money. So I've seen cases where some real estate agents won't even let other agents show their properties or post it or because they want to just get those buyers get to themselves and double up. So you're, they'll limit <laughs> your exposure so they can double their commission. Douchebags. Yeah. Double douchebags. Double douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> just do right by people, right? Yeah. And um, I, I found that, like, so I'm 43 years old, so I found that, sadly, to be very consistent in, across industry, yeah. meaning, like, there's such a, a scarcity mentality for people in, in the marketplace. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much it existed within sport because sport is such a small community. Yeah. Um, and even, like I said, I had a sour experience with my beloved, and I love my New York Giants. I lose my, I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all that thirsty? Y'all that, like, real lame? I'm like, I'm like, I couldn't believe it, but it's a real thing. And you know what? That was an important uh, lesson I had to learn also. Who you associate with and, you know, are under, even when, whether it's real estate or your brokerage or is so important Come and aligning yourself with the right leadership with the right values name association uh-huh i mean i had to learn that the hard way again <laughs> not saying any names but um it's very important who you associate yourself with. i totally agree with you i completely um understand so now all right so i can do a, i can do a fair amount of math so you're, you're probably somewhere between 34 to 36, right? 36, yeah. Okay. So it's the obvious is you're, you're amazingly successful. You, you shared, obviously, a, at least a small portion of your how your faith journey brought you to this place. Yeah. Jesus, stri he stripped you clean. 100%. <laughs> All right, so I got to get into some dating stuff because... I know you want to be married because you, you're righteous, right? Thank you. Well, I you present yourself married. well all the time. So, And I know you're mission-driven, so, you know, 
And I'm, I imagine you get clients and all kinds of interesting people who gawk at you. Come on now, tell there's the truth. Come on. Fair share of that. Come on. Because you present okay, yourself. Listen, there's some real creeps out there too. That's what I'm talking about. Especially in real estate, any woman that's in real estate, and I've even heard some stories with the guys. You have to be so careful because you're going into houses, you're showing empty buildings, you're meeting people you never met before. This is the stuff. I'm so it's like there's some weirdos out there for sure. <laughs> this is the stuff that I kind of think about. I'm like, hey, God bless these, you know, and and I'm one of these people like, listen, every human has an inherent value, but beauty is a gift. Like, you know, everybody, everybody ain't like beautiful. Now you might be, every, you know, you can be attractive to anybody. Like, every, you know, attract me. So when I think about a, a lady like yourself going out here, has there ever been a, an absurd or awkward situation that you've been in? Oh, Whether it's been a tons of them. What did they say to you? Okay, so one time I was showing this uh, older gentleman. He was probably in his 60s. Uh -huh. Married, kids, like the whole thing. He had a business in town, okay? So I'm showing him new um, industrial spaces because he was like medical manufacturing. Okay. He needed like a warehouse. Yep. So I'm bringing him to all these warehouses. So... The one day we're at a warehouse and like we're seeing things that would be perfect, but he's not like biting on anything. I'm like, like this is perfect. What's going on? Like I'm starting to get like weirded out. And then the one day he goes, you had to stop bringing me to these abandoned warehouses. I'm starting to get crazy ideas. After that, I was like, we're done. There it is. Oh, so. creepy Bruce Wayne flow. <laughs> I've had all kind. I can tell you a hundred stories. Oh my it's goodness! Well, I'm gonna definitely be praying for you. So, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need it. Okay, this all stuff, the protection I can get. This stuff is wild. Okay, so as you're, you know, going about your day, what do you feel like? There's anything? I know you, I can imagine. Like, yeah, I'm looking for a, a compatible husband. How has that space been? I'm not saying like you're needy or thirsty or, but how's that been dealing with that? Knowing that I think as an attractive young, especially Christian Christian woman, are you talking to anybody right now? What's going on? So I think God's timing is always perfect. <laughs> She's so polished. Get out of here, man. <laughs> and um, you know, God had to do a work in me in preparation for my. Alright, so give me give me a little bit of this, right? So like, um, I saw a piece of a funny piece of social media content the other day where um, this woman was talking about women looking for six 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 men. Have you ever heard the idea of that concept? Of what? Six 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 men. I know it sounds devilish, and that's actually what she said in the piece of no content. Way. So six figures. Okay. Right, six feet tall, and then it's either your cho your choice, six pack or six inches. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any of those kind of standards? What are your expectations of um, your of your future husband? The God that gives can also take away. So all of those things can are fleeting. And I think for me, what's yep. most important is my husband's heart. Mm -hmm. So um, if he has a heart after God, then the six pack. The six inches, the six figures, <laughs> six feet. It's not, all good. Not, I'll take it, but not not the main thing. Right. Well, good for you. Thank you. I mean, you're going to do just fine. Thank you. So apparently the statistics are not in favor as far as how many men actually 
have the, the trifecta. Who wouldn't want, right? Like, who doesn't desire the best, right? I think that's the sincere side of it. And when you've positioned yourself, you're a catch. Like, out here doing things. I ain't doing things. All right, all right, good. So, all right, when you talk about kind of stripping ideas and God working on you, what does that really entail, right? Where Was there a, a presumption about you? Was there some kind of arrogance? Was there a, Were you delusional about something where you felt like, you know what, this is a season where I really need to awaken my heart to what my expectations or my ideas are? What was going on? Do you feel like in, in some of this growth process that, you, that, that God's really led you in? Well, I feel like for me, um, like I take a responsibility that I, it's my obligation to break certain generational curses that have been in my family. I, I wanted to talk about this because you are Egyptian? Yes. All right. And there's a whole host of things that go on. <laughs> okay? So. Give it, because now this is this is really profound stuff that you're talking about across. This is not an industry sector reality. These are yeah. hu the human experience. Right. What do some of those curses look like within your your family, your bloodline, and how right. they operated in your in your life? Yeah. So my parents got divorced. So which was like a big no-no in Egyptian culture. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of things intertwined with that. Egyptian cultural in general, the woman is very, I don't want to say submissive because I think there's an element that women should be submissive, but sure. almost subservient. Like, blind, blind, like there's... Yeah, like they're just like the servants and they have a role, but gotcha. like they're... Um, More like a maid than a wife. Right, right, right. Got it. And like the woman's needs are not really ever valued. <laughs> Oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> so, um, I think for me, I had to learn, um, I had to unlearn a lot of things. I mean, listen, Egyptian culture is beautiful. Sure. My family, I come from a, a lineage of strong, independent, beautiful, successful women in their own way. Amazing. Um, and I want to set a new standard being a first generation American. Um, I don't want to, you know, have the unfortunate reality that my mom did. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, devastating. Yeah, like my parents, my parents were divorced and I tell people anything less than God's desire right. has a, has a ripple effect that really it impacts right. it impacts children it impacts families it, it's, it's it literally says divorce is like the ripping of a garment it is right you're tearing your soul right. apart right um, because the souls have become one so I, I agree completely I, I it, it, you know um, it says a righteous man swears to his own hurt and so I'm one of these people I'm like I think the biggest thing to understand in marriage is what you're getting into right and it, it will never be about happiness right it will be about two imperfect people committing to one another forever. Right. Yeah, and because you're committed, you find ways to lose your own ideas right. and lose yourself for the pursuit of something higher. Right. A more perfect union. Yeah, and understanding what's God's intention behind marriage. Yeah. Like, what's the purpose? It's not just for two people to hang out and, like, have kids and, like, go on vacation and retire together. What you, like, what you, what you mean? I got seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he does say be fruitful okay, and multiply, right, right. so you can go there. Yeah, man, my wife, she's so fine. I couldn't help myself. She's such a beautiful person, she is. in and out. She you is. Talk about beauty, real beauty, in and she out. I, listen, I'm, I'm, I tell people my bank account ain't fat, but I'm, I'm the richest man on earth. Yeah. 
Like, I really am. I, I, I have everything that I feel like most men are looking for. Yeah. Aside from the bank account. Because these it's kids, okay. the kids, they eat too much. Oh, listen, you got your hands full. Because they eat too much. <laughs> you had to open a restaurant, okay? Tyree's table. I know. I, eating, all, eating the whole table up. Okay, so um, what are you most excited about, whether it's in business, you know, um, your personal journey, um, that, you know, that that's kind of in front of you in, in relation to, you know, what your expectations or what you're planning for or praying for? Yeah. I am most excited, obviously where God is bringing me next. Um, I know that marriage and children is Come on now. That. Come on, let's go. Um, growing a business that will impact my children generationally. Yes. And other people's children generationally. That's profound. So, what are some other things that you felt like that were kind of, whether it was tied to, you know, your um, cultural ethnicity that, that you're looking to see broken? with marriage and understanding what's God's true design got it. marriage and got it. what he really designed the woman's role and the man's role in that union. Um, what you th what you what you think that looked like? Come on. Talk I don't know. About you tell me you've been you've been doing it for a long time. You have seven kids well, so <laughs> obviously we, we're speaking the same language in relation to our faith, right? So you know it says love love your wife like Christ loved the church. Right. You know, I realized that when I when I got it's been, it'll be 20 years for us in, in June 2024 and I realized that I would never have such a weighty like considering that he gave his life for her he died for for, for the church the people of God he died for people my wife doesn't have that charge so my wife now submission right is can be can be manipulated it can be um, lorded but the reality is biblically Biblically, if I'm going to be honest, a man is the Lord over his wife. Right. My wife, I'm fully responsible for her. Right. In the truest sense of the way where if I take that with the care and consideration that God intended, that means it's my, the fear that I have for God is I cannot mess this up. This is God's possession because I have to steward her that's wife. that's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. Yeah. So I'm responsible for her. I feel like, you know, I, and I've had this conversation with my wife where, because she's dynamic. My wife makes everything possible, right? So she has to be celebrated and upheld in such a manner that is otherworldly. And I feel like what a woman can do, men can't do. But I feel the same way. What a man can do, a woman will never be able to do. And God, he, he uniquely made us a certain way and positioned us in a certain way so that the relationship can be optimized even right. in our union. So of course she's my partner, she's not my friend. She has a unique benefit that I could only get in one place <laughs> and that's actually sex. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I can go to the movies with anybody, you know, like there's one unique benefit that a woman brings in, in that relationship. If I get it anywhere else, it's sin, you know? <laughs> So listen, I look, you didn't have no kid, uh, seven kids by accident. Listen, not by accident at all. You know, I had a few hiccups early on as a young man just by being a sinner and, and finding our way, and, and, and Christ redeemed this, this relationship wonderfully. Um, now, I'm really so excited about what you have to offer, what you have to look forward to. Um, what would you say um, in, in relation to female business owners, entrepreneurs, what is the best, you know, 
you want to call it a best practice, a blueprint to put into practice to navigate. Because like you said, you, sometimes you are swimming among sharks. Right. And it's not just the male to female, it's, it's the many comp the competing interests right. all over the place. So you're a you're, um, minority, you're a double minority, right? As a woman, as a minority, and, a, and even as a business owner. What are some of your best practices to flourish? I would say, for me, I always uphold myself to a certain standard. Right. Um, the world is abundant, and Come on now. lifting others up, other women, other men, whatever it might be, people that are also working in excellence, um, and collaborating with them when you, whenever you can, and looking at people as collaborative yeah. instead of competition. I love um, it. And just knowing that, like, there is so much abundance. Like, there, God has more than enough oh, for all of us. Like, Say it loud, Nadia. There's no competition. Like, <laughs> listen, the perfect client for me might not be the perfect client for you and vice versa. Sure. So that's it. Um, and I think just always learning and growing and being mm -hmm. hungry. Like, I still think there's so much for me to learn. There's, that's great. I, Striving to learn every single day. It's so fantastic. I never get um, complacent in, oh, I reached a certain level so I can relax now. Excellent. Like every day I'm like, I don't know anything. I gotta I gotta keep going out there. So um, not that nah, I don't know great. anything, but No, you got we know you got a little sauce. <laughs> you got a little sweet and sour sauce going on out here in the marketplace. Uh, I love it. Have an abundance mentality yeah. versus scarcity mentality. Keep a growth mindset, be hungry. Um, obviously, you got to pound the pavement. You got to be a grinder. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> Listen, you can't be afraid to work. Nobody's handing it over to you. I absolutely love everything about. You got to go out and get it. You get it. We have a, a mantra in our office. It's tell really tell me about mantra, it. But, like, we don't take no for an answer. Ooh. So, like, we go out and we get it. Like, nothing stops us. Like, there is no challenge that we will not find an answer to. Yeah. There is a solution to every problem. And I do not accept no for an answer. I'm relentless. All those promises are yes and amen. Yep, amen. I say yes and I say amen. Amen, amen. Amanda, hold up. Amanda Abdul Sayed. Hey! Abdul Sayed. Amanda Nadia Abdul Sayed. She is fantastic. She's dynamic. She's a force to be reckoned with. Thank you for sharing some time with us today at Thank Testimony. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me today. Congratulations on your store. This is God's There's, blessing and abundance on you. I'm just so happy to see yes. you. Full of people. So. There's room at the table for everyone. Amen. So, Especially, thank you for always making room for everyone. Honestly. You're a delight. You're a light and a delight. You're an incredible person. You and your wife. You're, you're, you're fantastic. But thank you for your story. Thank you for, for, uh, again for just chopping it up with us and continue to get great done. Keep shining. Thank you. Check in with y'all next week. We'll be back to Catch the Moment Podcast.